Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, I have uh, recordings of phone calls with Alex Fontenot and Chris Miller for you guys today. And uh, I'm pretty excited for you guys to get to hear them um, because it's just cool to get to know these guys. Um, It's something that I've gotten to do over the course of the last year, but... uh, it's a lot tougher to do when I guess you don't get to go to the practice. You don't get to talk to people. Um, and, and I do think it's important to hear their voices and not just hear what we as the media have to say about them. Um, so yeah, that's the plan for the day. I have some quick thoughts on the calls. I'm going to play those for you guys. And uh, then I'll be back tomorrow with a little bit longer podcast. Um, before we jump into that, though, uh, it is important to acknowledge our presenting sponsor here at the DMVR Buffs podcast, and that is Manscaped. Um, really can't recommend their products enough. Uh, I've been out doing things in Montana, like hiking and golfing. and I, I Actually, well, I've played four rounds of golf in the last five days, I think, that I've been here, which is basically a dream. The reason that I bring that up, though, is that it has been so comfortable. It gets hot out there. It gets sweaty. We've been playing in the morning. We've been playing in the afternoon. We've been hiking after, doing all sorts of different stuff. And normally, I would wind up pretty uh, sweaty below the belt. That is not a problem anymore. Like, that's just been solved by science. My parents also have, like, uh, uh, one of those robot vacuums that just like scans the room and then just goes and like vacuums it and you don't even have to deal with it. It just like fills up something and you have to like change the, it's not even a bag. You just have to like dump it out once a month and it, it's just so easy. And now you just watch that and it's like, how does anybody not have one of those? Like I'm going to start budgeting so that I can get one of those because it's, it's 2020 and we don't need to be vacuuming for ourselves anymore. Um, and in that same way, sweating below the belt just doesn't need to exist anymore. Thanks to Manscaped's Crop Preserver. Um, there's so many different products you can try. That's the one that I just cannot believe I lived without. Um, the trimmer is great. So much better than any other trimmer I've had. Uh, just so trustworthy. It has such a long charge. You can bring it on a trip with you for a week, and it'll hold up the entire time. 
Um, you can get a bunch of that stuff in the Perfect Package 3.0, which I think is the best way to get into all of the Manscaped products. Um, but you can check it out for yourself at manscaped.com and figure out what looks like it is best for you. And then save 20% and get yourself free shipping with code DMVR20 uh, when you check out. Okay. So, Alex Fontenot, one of my favorite guys on the team to talk to, um, not just about football, but about everything, <laughs> you know, I, some of the best conversations are about things other than football, um, talking about, like, traveling, talking about, like, going on the road and what his favorite things to do are in all these different places, um, and didn't get into that as much today, but uh, I guess we did hear from Chris Miller um, about the uh, about Whataburger. That's it. I can I can never f- remember those names. In and Out is the California one. Whataburger is the Texas one. I've actually never tried either, which is too bad because it seems like that's half of the conversations on Twitter is people fighting over those two burgers. I will say Hoagieville and Missoula has to be better than either of them. But, uh, yeah, uh, he brought Whataburger. He kind of picked a stance there. Um, so that's fun. But uh, getting back to what Alex Fontenot had to say, uh, he did have some interesting stuff to say. I really like what he said about Jaron Mangum um, and his head kind of being in the right place and how he may have gone through some adversity last year, realizing that everything isn't always going to go his way. Um, and he seems like he's in a better place now. And and that's kind of an adjustment that all young people have to have at, at some point in their life. And for a lot of people, it is when you make that move to college, you know, going away from home, seeing something new, getting out, and just seeing your entire world really change, the structure of your day, the people that you're around, what your environment is like. And some people react to that better than others. And uh, when you throw football in there, it can almost make things even more complicated. You know, for some people, that's the stabilizing force. That's what you've always had. That's what you lean on. You know, for some people, you know, it might might be like your mom, who you're super close with, and being away from that is tough. And, you know, for some people, it is football, which you can bring with you to college if you are one of these student-athletes. But when that's the case and you wind up being the number two running back, you're no longer the star of the team, you're no longer the face of the team, the, the one who decides whether your team wins or loses, and, and in some games you're barely even seeing the field. That can be tough. And uh, I think that Alex being willing to talk about that shows that... Jaron has kind of maybe taken a step personally or, or, or emotionally or whatever you want to call it. I mean, just in, in maturity. And then that's something we've actually heard about Chris Miller, too, talking to, uh, oh, I want to say it was Tyson Summers who talked about the transformation he's seen from Chris Miller. I think he said over like the last six months or eight months or something like that. And, and that was probably a month or two ago that we talked to him, so even longer. But just because of how he's had to deal with an injury and how he's had to watch this team. And, you know, at the same time, what? That was his second year in school? 
So so he was a little bit further along than Jaron um, age-wise, but I don't even know if that's true because, you know, if Jaron really is, like, turning a corner there, and again, this is me playing psychologist um, based on a quote, but it's good to hear. And I don't think... I think that Alex being willing to bring that up and say, hey, he might have been going through a transition period, but he's in a great spot now. You know, if if there was something that was going on um, and was still going on now, you know, he, he is str- struggling with the adjustment, whatever that may be, whatever speculation you want to throw in there, you wouldn't probably bring it up if it was still ongoing, you know? It would be like this topic that everybody kind of talks around. Or in that case, like, you don't even have to talk around it. You could just, like, not even bring it up and it wouldn't be misleading in any way because it wasn't really a direct part of the question. Um, So, yeah, uh, I thought that that was interesting. Um, And I think it's a good sign. And those relationships in that running backs room are going to be really important this year. You know, we saw that it was tough last year. It, it, it was pretty clear that everybody wanted to get on the field, um, and some guys just couldn't. This year, everybody's one year uh, older, one year more experienced, one year closer to the end of their collegiate career and needing to prove that they are capable of playing at the next level. You know, and, and that just raises the stakes. Then you throw in a guy like Ashad Clayton just to stir things up even more. And, you know, I trust Darian Hagan. And I think that Alex and, and all of those guys can handle a competitive but friendly relationship within that room and kind of turn that into a, a very positive motivator as opposed to a, a kind of toxic situation. Um so, again, just good to hear how Alex talked about all of that and the the awareness that he showed to those relationships and those issues um, that, that could arise um, because that's the first step, you know, acknowledging that that could be a problem. It's something worth monitoring. Um, so, yeah, I think that that was probably my biggest takeaway hearing from Alex. Um, with Chris, you know, it's all about the position change. It's it's all about the position change. Um, and I guess they both talked about, you know, the weird off season, But for the most part, especially Chris, his message was, you know, we don't know any more than you guys. You know, until something gets set in stone, until something becomes official, we just kind of ignore it. So, uh, again, that that's something that I really, really like um, because it has to be your attitude. But but getting back to football, you know, I keyed in on one thing that, you know, we already knew that the safeties were the ones making the calls at the back end. You know, we talked about that quite a bit last year, um, how Nate Landman was calling or making all the checks from the middle of the defense 
and and when you're the middle linebacker, you know that typically is the job because you you see what the their uh, offensive line looks like, you see the strength, the formation, all that kind of stuff, and then you make the adjustments. You decide um, where those linemen are supposed to align, the defensive linemen. Uh, you figure out where the linebackers are supposed to align, and it's your job to go through your little checkbook and say, okay, the tight end is here, the quarterback is here, the running back is here, uh, the slot receivers on this side. That means that we're doing this because this play was called. Um, that means the defensive line is doing this thing, and you have to get everybody into position. Behind him last year, Mikhail Onu was doing the exact same thing, um, except he has like one more level of eyes, and so he's he's a step back in that defense. He's working with the secondary, making sure the secondary is in all of the right places. Now, it sounds like it sounds like it might be Chris Miller making those decisions which fits him again a very smart kid um man it's it's always weird to <laughs> what to call them um uh, when you're 20 um getting back to that Jeremy Mangum stuff you know it's that same thing you know turning into adults which is what happens while you're in college and and that is one of the really weird parts of my job is you know you talk to somebody like Mikhail who's very well spoken very mature um he, if somebody would have told me like, yeah, he's he's like 26, 27, you'd be like, huh, yeah, yeah, I see it. Like that's just a smart guy in control, very calm, level-headed, all that kind of stuff. And then you go talk to like one of the 18-year-old freshmen, and you're like, wow, these two have to work together for this football team to succeed. So again, it's that whole spectrum there. And, and that was kind of what we were talking about today, I guess. Chris Miller going through that kind of stuff. Well, that wasn't even in that conversation. Today. That was with Tyson Summers before. But you did kind of see it through all of this. You know, that's part of the reason he did move to safety is because that's the position that has to make all the tough decisions. Not even tough, de- sometimes tough decisions. It can be challenging. But for the most part, it's just having this mental checklist and knowing when these boxes are checked, here's what we are doing, and then getting everybody into position. You have to know what you're doing, and you have to be able to communicate it. Um, and for some reason, they decided Chris was that guy, and and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, the physicality, I think that that's another interesting point, considering his move from cornerback to safety. Um, Brian Howell asked a great question today. Um basically said, you know, you only played six games uh, in your redshirt freshman year. You only played four games in your redshirt sophomore year last year. In both seasons, you had season-ending injuries. Is moving to safety, playing a more physical position, going to cause even more problems there? And Chris said no. He doesn't think so. But I do think that that was a good question to ask, and it wasn't something that I considered. Um, so th- that's another point that stuck out to me. Um, I think that that's pretty close to it. I'll, I'll let you guys listen. Um, if you have any other thoughts that you think we should spend more time on um, based on those conversations or whatever others, you can leave them in the comment section of the post for today's show at thednvr.com and I'll get to those tomorrow morning. Before we jump in, uh, 
got to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, there were some Breckenridge Brews out on the golf course today, um, including like a couple of my dad's friends who had n- never tried them before. You know, it'd be like, is this a good one? And I'd just be like, yeah, Hot Peak IPA, good stuff. Uh, and, and just give like a quick rundown. There's like the avalanche out there, basically everything in the 15 can sampler, because that is the best way to do it. Um, you you just get to try all the different beers and you get three of each, like bulk pricing for buying 15, but you get three of each beer. It's just perfect. Uh, we went through those today. Uh, so you guys should check them out too. Again, if you're on the golf course, bring some with you. They aren't going to call you out. That never actually happens. You don't have to buy their beer. If you're going on the river, if you're just sitting at home, sitting on the deck, whatever, there's just so many situations for you to buy those. And if you have something in particular in mind that you want to try, you can use the beer locator on Breckenridge Brewery's website to see where exactly you can get whatever beer it is that you want to try. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits is a great option. You know, most grocery stores, gas stations, liquor stores. Also, the DNVR bar. Probably the best place in the world to get a Breckenridge beer. It all just works together. Also want to give a quick shout-out to DraftKings. Uh, There were some UFC fights tonight, which is pretty rare because it's a a Wednesday. Um, I saw that RK and Dre were not doing all that well, but I haven't been following along too closely myself, uh, so I don't know all the details there. But... That's because there's so many other sports. I'm pretty zoned in to the Memorial tomorrow. Uh, the golf tournament's going to be a lot of fun. The first time Tiger is playing uh, since the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, so that's going to be so much fun to watch. And it's going to be even more fun to watch if you uh, put a little bit of cash on it. Um, you know, Tiger's my guy. It, I, it's always Tiger for me. Um, if he's playing, I'm putting money on him and I'm cheering for him. And it's going to be so much fun because he's in such a fun group. He's playing the first two days of the tournament with Brooks Kepka and Rory McIlroy. That's going to be like one of, I mean, the best group to watch. It is easily the best group to watch these first two days. Um, so tune in, go to DraftKings and take advantage of everything that they have to offer now there's still like european soccer the mls is back the nwsl has been a lot of fun the knockout rounds start on friday we're going to be talking a little bit more about those tomorrow um DraftKings sportsbook is america's top rated sportsbook app uh it's uh the official betting partner of dnvr and you can download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code DNVR when you sign up for limited time. All new users can get a sign up bonus up to $1,000. That's code DNVR to get your sign up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Here is Alex Fontenot.
Alex, what's up? It's Justin Guerrero here with uh, Rivals.com. Thanks, sir, for doing this and, and hope you're well. Um, over the, the last number of seasons at Colorado, there's certainly been no shortage of 1,000-yard rushers, just looking back to, to what Phil and what Trayvon were able to do. And now that you're kind of the guy in that driver's seat, especially with what you were able to do in 2019, when you kind of look towards this season and what your goals are and what could really help this team on offense with respect to just having a really good run game, how helpful and nice has it been just that, that Darian Hagan is still the guy overseeing your room, just kind of keeping that continuity within uh, Carl Durrell's first year? Yeah, like, it's really nice not having to, like, switch out a new coach every year like some of our other positions have had to deal with. But, yeah, having Hagan here, like, by my side since I got here my freshman year has really, has really just helped me develop into a better football player. Alex, uh, this is Brian Howell, uh, the camera. Can you talk about, uh, you know, being on the Dope Walker watch list? I know it's just a watch list, but uh, does it uh, mean something to you to see your name on that? And um, something that you kind of want to take and fruit, fruit yourself the rest of the season? Yeah, Hagen, Coach Hagen just called me, like, not about, like, an hour ago and told me I was on the watch list. It's, it's, I mean, like, it's nice to know that I'm being noticed, but it's not really a real accomplishment until I win it. Hey, Alex, Adam Munster-Tiger. What, what did you learn last season with those, I think it was about 212 touches between the carries and receptions that you feel have kind of helped you going into this offseason and you feel will help you going into your junior season? Uh, things that, like he said again. Yeah, well, what did you learn last season from the experience you gained that you've kind of used going into this offseason and that is going to help you out this, this coming season? Uh, one of the main things I learned is like, just growing up, I can't do everything that I want to do, like, football-wise. Like, I can't just take stuff into my own hands. I have to follow the script. And that's, like, what really helped me develop into, like, a better runner. Alex, what can you tell us just about what you personally are seeing within that running backs group? I'm obviously, Jaron got a good amount of touches last year. Dion saw some snaps. And, of course, Sean Clayton, a very highly recruited guy, a lot of uh, expectation for him. And, now that you're in a position where you are kind of the, the leader within this room, what have you seen uh, from the other guys in the, the tailbacks room? Uh, really, I just see, like, their drive and how hungry they are to get on the field and show, show the world what they can do because I know, I know how good they are and what, and what they can do, but they just want to show other people, and that's, that's, like, the main goal I'm trying to do is just trying to build them up. Hey, Alex, Neil Welk here. Uh, on the topic of, of getting back on the field, how hard has it been to go through an entire spring without being on a practice field? And then, in, you know, summer, you've got the voluntary workouts. But how difficult has it been to, to be away from football in that regard for a while? Yeah, it's, it's difficult for everybody. Like, you know, some people might just stop working out completely, get fat, get skinny. And then that's like something I think that these workouts are helping us do, just like stay in shape. So we don't go, we don't get to a point where we're too far gone before like an actual season starts. Hey Alex, it's Brian again. I'm curious as, uh, you know, cases have ramped up and there seems to be a lot more pessimism about the season even starting. Has it been harder for you and other guys to maybe keep your motivation or is it easy to stay motivated just in case there is a season? I mean, like, at this point, it's really just funny seeing that, like, oh, we're going to have a season, we're not going to have a season. It's always just back and forth. So we don't really don't take anything too serious until, like, we get an actual confirmation on things. 
Hey, Alex, can you just walk us through, I mean, from a running back's perspective, what have these voluntary workouts looked like? I mean, have you and the tailbacks been placing maybe more emphasis on the on sprints and conditioning as opposed to kind of just hitting that playbook hard, or has it been a combination of kind of both of those elements? Yeah, I mean, we uh, – we pre- well, at least uh, the – what do they call it? All the – like running backs, receivers, those types of players, we run every day. And then we lift about three out of the five days. So doing all that is just really just gonna, trying to get us back in the groove and do what we do. Alex, uh, we've seen some of your teammates boasting about uh, the, the speed that they've been putting up with some of these workouts. How How is that tracked? They have a device on you. When is that tracked? How is that tracked? And is that something that you guys get pretty competitive about in terms of trying to achieve uh, you know certain speeds? Yeah, we have these like, like, catapults. It's like a little sports bro. We wear under our workout shirts. Tracks our speed, our workload, our movement, all of that. And then uh, recently we haven't been seeing our speeds posted. So it, it usually is like a sort of competition, but we haven't really seen it lately. But they haven't been posting it. Hi, Alex. Harpasani with the Sterling Journal Advocate. Um, I know uh, you were asked about how some of the rest of the running back room kind of looks. Um, in what ways uh, do you think players like, you know, Ashad and everybody else will help make your job easier? And in what ways are you trying to help them out? Yeah, in ways of like making my job easier is like, like it's hard to do it all. You know, everybody needs somebody when it comes to uh, the running back position. So I think some, I think like getting them like ready and being them being able to step up to the plate is something that I'm really hoping for. Jared Bingham, uh, you know, you, you had to kind of wait your turn for a little bit uh, to get, get an opportunity last year, but Jared came in right away. Um, and I talked to him after the season. He talked and he mentioned about, you know, it was a lot of adjustment. So how much did you see him grow throughout the season? How much have you kind of talked to him about that growth? Because you guys both had kind of different paths. Yeah, he's, he's done a lot of growing over the season. He had to realize things might not always go his way, but he's slowly learning. He still has some, some things to learn, but I know – I know his mind. His mind is in a good place, and so with that, with that being said, I know he's gonna do all he can to try and be the next man up. Alex, I was just wondering um, if you can talk at all about the kind of the differences that you've seen um, with these voluntary workouts with Coach Durrell as opposed to your practices with Coach Hunter or uh, um, Tucker. Uh, I guess, like, the difference between voluntary workouts now and, like, in the past. Uh, in the past, it was like we would have already done our spring ball, already done fall camp or whatever. So people feel, like, less entitled to go to these voluntary workouts. But now it's like nobody's done anything, like, significant, really, like, football-wise. So that really, like, puts a drive in people to go to these workouts and try and get better. All right, any other questions for Alex? All right, well, Alex, we all appreciate you being on. Dave, did you have something? Just going to remind everybody, he could have been a 1,000-yard rusher last year, but he missed the UCLA game. He was 26 yards shy, so could very well happen. And we would have had, God, what, four in a row? Yeah. Happened here before. So. 
Well, Alex, we appreciate the time. We are all hoping to see you on the field sometime soon and appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Uh, no problem. Thank you. All right. Uh, I want to take a quick second now to talk about the DNVR Rugby Podcast. So you may have heard us mention that there are some big things happening in the Colorado rugby space, and it's time for us to spill the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast, and you can find his written rugby content right on our site with the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you are keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Um, it's a great way to support rugby, um, and you can follow along on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. Again, there's a new podcast. Uh, Colton is doing like basic 101 podcast to break the game down. They're really good. Um, really recommend them. Uh, also, remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. Okay, uh, here is Chris Miller. We'll open up questions for Chris. I like how your head is positioned underneath that crown. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Hey, Chris, Adam Muster-Tiger, uh, talk to us about the move to safety. How was that initiated? What was your initial reaction when maybe the coaches brought that up to you? And how has that transition gone so far? Um, I always talked to Coach Summers about just wanting to, like, do more when I could. So he just called me one day and he just told me he wanted to uh, see me at that. And I've just been doing it, learning the plays. Like, the communication is, is the same for both corners and safeties, except the safeties make the calls. And so now I got that, that power you know, to do and that responsibility. And I think I love it. Chris, this is Neil Welk here. You've, you've always been kind of a physical, a physical corner. Do you think that translates even better into a position as a safety where you, you can be a little bit more physical? Yeah, I think it can. I, Cause I got more responsibility when it comes to, to like just uh, being in the box and, and getting around and being physical. So, yeah. This is Brian Howell. I know I, I talked to you at the March last month, but I wanted to ask you, you know, with this move to safety, um, you obviously had some injuries uh, that you dealt with in your career. Um, do you have any concerns that you play, uh, you know, kind of a more physical position that you'd be more, more vulnerable to injury than you have been in the past? No, I'm not really worried about that at all. Because that stuff is just part of the game. So it could have happened to anybody. I'm not really worried about any of that. Because when I'm going out there, I'm playing fearless. I don't really care about any of that. Chris, it's Justin Guerrero with Rivals.com. Um, do you find yourself here and now um, in kind of the midsummer placing more emphasis on the safety position, learning the plays from the safety's perspective? Or, I mean, I don't know if the, the coaches have kind of had these conversations with you, but is there any part of your mind where, I mean, you do kind of see yourself potentially seeing time at corner or, or the star? Or are you kind of more uh, placing all the emphasis on a safety right now? I'm learning to play everything I can. So, I, like, as a safety, I, you have to know what everybody does. So that if that's if that's enough for you to be said, like, that's all I can give you. Like, 
I know all the positions pretty much. Hey, Chris, Neil Welk again. Uh, I know that there were a lot of coach, uh, coaching changes on the defensive side of the ball, but with Tyson Summers coming back, does that, does that lend a little, at least a little bit of continuity to what you guys are doing and, and a little bit more comfort level as you go oh, into another season? We, we all were excited. Everybody on the defense that's played, we were all excited to have Coach Summers back. I think he's a great D.C. in my opinion. And all the new coaches that, we, that we've had, they've all brought a whole bunch of new knowledge to us, and we've all loved it. Chris, that, that secondary is kind of a unique group, a lot of young guys, uh, guys that are coming back from injury. So uh, a lot of unknowns are guys that need to prove themselves. So how do you feel like the competition is, not only the safety, but the corner? Do you think there's a lot of guys that are hungry and competitive? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a, there's a good group of us that are hungry and competitive because everybody, since we've had the injuries, everybody's played, so everybody knows what it feels like to go out there, and everybody's excited to just get back to football. So I think that's just going to be like a rising competition since everyone's played now that we've had, even young or old, and just how that'll work. And I just think the experience is a good thing. Like, so we know we can at least know what we expect to get out of people and better and just how we can develop and make ourselves a smarter, wiser group. Hey, Chris, going off Brian's question there, obviously after you and Makai went down last season, KJ and Tariq got a lot of experience out there. What were your, your impressions of what those two guys showed at cornerback? And what, what have you seen from them just in terms of their continued development this offseason? I've just seen, like, from, from watching them from when they came in from fall camp, that they just they just grown a lot. And they've just – like, KJ and Tariq – KJ works his butt off, and he just, you know, it's like he just got to get bigger and everything, but he's he's getting there. Like, I believe in both of them, and I know that they both are they, – they know what they have to do, you know? Like, everybody is, like, taking their responsibility a lot seriously now, and that's what I like to see out of them. Hey, Chris, hey Chris Neil Welk again. We talked, to, we talked to Coach Summers here a couple weeks ago, and he said that you've always had a ton of physical ability, great talent and all those things. But the biggest steps that you've made maybe in the last six months to a year was uh, your maturation process. You just became much more mature. Uh, do, do you see that in yourself that you've grown in that area? Yeah, I think that comes with like everything in life. Like it just, those stages that people just go through. And I think I did because you just start <laughs> to see, see, like just open up to the world as time goes on, you know? Like I learned what I, what I need to see on and off the field to just develop and get better. Okay. Hey, Chris, just as you continue to, to get acclimated and settle into this, uh, um, this, this new role, especially just looking at you projected as a safety, I mean, has there been anyone, um, I don't know if you keep in touch with Mikhail or, or Darion's a guy that comes to mind, but have you gotten anyone that's maybe served as a, as something of a mentor to you and just kind of helped you, um, take the the steps in the right direction at the safety position. Uh, yeah, me and me and me and Ray, we're, we're frequently talking to each other, just picking up each other's brain when it comes to film, and we're always talking about it. Like sometimes we just hang out, we just watch it. Hey Chris, uh, Brian Allen here. I'm just curious with all the uncertainty uh, going on. COVID, you know, what are your thoughts, uh, you personally, but also as a team, as you talk about it, whether there actually will be a season? That's the thing. Like, we, we don't know anything, like, that anybody else knows. We're just keeping our heads down. We're just going to work, like, September 5th, we will be playing.
that's all I can say and do, and just hope that that's what happens. Hey, Chris, this is Harpasani with the Sterling Journal Advocate. Uh, just curious, what kind of differences have you noticed in voluntary workouts this year as opposed to last year? Um, it's a whole different like thing. I don't even think I could compare them. Last year it was just like a regular summer, and now it's you know coronavirus, so it's a little different. You know, we used to work out on like a few groups, but now you know we have to break it down because of coronavirus and you know the limits. But I mean, we're still getting a good work. It's just separated. As those freshmen have come on campus, any freshman at any position that's kind of stood out to you in the early going? I know there's nobody's been on the field in pads, but anybody that's kind of stood out? Um, they they all look pretty talented. They're some they're some, they're a big group. They all look pretty good. I can't really pick out just anybody, but I'm just really excited just to work with all of them, the ones that we have on offense and defense. Like. We've already bonded with them. We hang out with the freshmen, and they, they seem like a good group of guys that are eager to work. So I know we recently, with the decision to cancel non-conference games, the Colorado State game will be taken off the schedule. Is there any particular conference opponent that you're looking forward to playing this year? I'm looking forward to playing all of them. I'm really excited about every game. I just want to lock in every game and play my best and show the world I can play. So it's, it's just really any game, any opportunity to play, I'm ready for. I don't I don't really understand, though. Like, I, I get the whole reason why they separated them, the conference and non-conference, but I just wish we could have had them all. But whoever we play, I'll be, I'll be suited up and ready. Coming from Texas, were you disappointed to not have that Texas A&M game? Yeah, I wanted to go back and play a game in Texas and just get some Whataburger on the way home. You know, how you know, to get that. I was excited to play in front of a whole bunch of people I knew, but it's okay. I'll get that chance another day. All right, anything else for Chris? I can know and follow that up with are there any conversations or battles between the Whataburger guys and the In-N-Out guys? <laughs> oh, my gosh. That happens so much. And us Texas guys and South people, we know what it is. We know Whataburger is better. <laughs> but the Cali guys, they always have something to say. Like, I'm sitting here right next to Maurice Bell, and he's over here smacking his lips because I'm over here talking. <laughs> but I took him to Texas, and he was he was loving it. He said, man, I'm in love with Whataburger, so he knows. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, thanks for the time. Tell Maurice what's up, and uh, we hope to see you both on the field at uh, some point. Appreciate the time. All right. Bye. Thanks, Chris. I think they like my Colorado swag, because when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. See you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you're afraid. Uh -huh. Cause you know we feel.
finna hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. Hey, hey. you on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with ya, you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last. Yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring. ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after team. I think they like my Colorado swag, cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to